The iPhone XR is here at T-Mobile, and there's a whole lot to love. Like taking those perfect new year, new you portrait mode selfies you're going to share. Nice. It's the best way to stay connected to everyone you'll heart most in 2019. So get ready to fall in love with iPhone XR on T-Mobile, the most loved in wireless. Call 1-800-T-MOBILE to learn more or visit a store today. Chat with Maria McCann. If you can't advertise a muscular body, that's you know, ridiculous. Yeah, you know, for fear well, of causing can, offense. For fear of causing offense, why don't you allow to advertise a big quadruple burger with cheese all over yes. and a big coke next to it? My thrill used to be when I went to like a friend's house and they had like gato Swiss rolls. That <laughs> was like, oh my god, you're so lucky. The food companies know exactly what percentage. Oh yeah, absolutely. These are and and you just. You know, we don't have, we don't stand a chance. Back chat with Maria McCann. In this week's episode, I'm joined by Chef Michael Quinn, author of Don't Eat for Winter, Kian Foley, and Ms. Libby Shanahan, who just is here Nothing. for a good help. Couldn't do anything. Thanks very much for coming in. Um, I want to talk first of all about the sugar tax that's come in this week, and it's it applies to sort of we could just call full fat soft drinks. Are you for or against this? Uh, well, I'm I'm for, and to be honest, it's it's um, I think they were too lenient on it. They followed the British model. I think it's twenty cent for anything up to five grams per liter, and then thirty cent anything over eight grams per per liter. And I was just reading yesterday; it's four. Uh, the government reckoned they get forty million for this, and that's fine. That's an extra tax, but where they put that money in, I, I think they should reinvest it into primary schools and get kids to actually cook. Um, simple food, get them tasting, get them uh, growing little herbs and bits and pieces. Um, but I think it, drinking lots of that drink, um, I do think mm. it has an effect on kids. I know, but when we were, we were only saying it a minute ago, when we were growing up, we didn't have access to that. And if you got a bottle of Coke, it was a small bottle. At I don't Christmas. know if you remember those yeah. at, at Christmas, yeah. Mm. But you never had access to big two litre things of, of sugary drinks and I think that it's only one part of it you know then it's all the other food that's out there that's huge in sugar um, I'm just curious why they started with that Kim, what's your thoughts on it? Yeah basically I think it's because they looked at um, from the 60s and 70s there was the introduction of high fructose corn syrup that correlates I think with the obesity crisis but there's other things that correlate mm. as well but personally I think that if you look at a bottle of Coke or a bottle of Club Orange or something that you can't single out as one of them. Yeah. They have maybe up to 12, 13 spoons of sugar in, in each one in a 500ml bottle. And for most people, that's over and above what the mm. world would recommend for the amount of sugar they should have in their body a day, you know. So I think if you combine that with, your, with the diet that people are eating, so if you look at, a, you know, say if you went for a carvery lunch or something like that, and you had spuds with it and you had a, a Yorkshire pudding and you had chips, and then you're having a bottle of Coke on the side or something like that. It's the totality of the diet that's the problem, I think. But these drinks are definitely a contributor to it. And like, would I don't you, Did you drink any of them? Because you're I very did, much into I would drink it, a sport like drink every now and again, and it's more to do with my requirements for energy. Uh, but typically, mm. most people who are sitting on their bums watching TV, they don't need a Coke or they don't need 7-Up um, or whatever, whatever they're drinking, you know mm. what I mean? And it's real syrupy kind of stuff. And it's actually the combination of fructose and sugar together in this high fructose corn syrup. It's made in a lab. It's not real sugar at all. It's made from corn, and uh, it does things to the body that normal glucose would, wouldn't do. Like, but I won't go into the te- technical yeah. details of it. 
but I think the tax is very important and it's it's not because it's going to generate money because mm. the, at the end of the day people will avoid taxes in, in whatever way they can and go for and a sugar free drink or something like that but I think that it highlights the problem you know and it highlights mm, educate yeah. it's looking at why is sugar a problem for people you know mm. what I mean so it's at least highlighting something you know that's what I think I don't think it's about imposing a tax or whatever it's creating that psychological thing that this is bad it's like the smoking ban years ago it didn't you know what I mean you weren't saying you can't smoke cigarettes but what you were <coughs> teaching people psychologically is these are bad you must go outside and far away to do it do you know what I mean? So yeah. I think psychologically it will create a thing that this isn't good. You why know? didn't they start with the low-fat products that are full of sugar? Why didn't they yeah, start the with the healthy mm. products that yeah. have green labels on them and, yeah. you know, this is a healthy snack but, and they're full of sugar? But does that not all come down and it, it boils it all down to this is all about education? Maybe it's the starting point of a debate, but I think the biggest problem is the... Um, kind of what happens in the house where people get takeaways or ready meals and stuff like that I think it has to be a whole big massive mm. campaign of making people aware <coughs> that it is as easy to grill a piece of fish as it is to throw on sausages do you but know what I mean we're even we're talking about it now people yeah. are talking about it yeah. you know and that it, it will it will kind of open up a debate but I think back in the 70s 60s and 70s um, the sugar industry they're huge and they have a huge clout, political clout, and they, they donate billions to, to all sorts of political parties. Um, but they got this campaign, fat is bad. Mm. Yes. So they took fat out of food yeah. and they replaced it with sugar. Yeah. And suddenly, you know, everything was low fat this, low fat that. But mm. if you take something out, you have to put it back in. Mm. And there was no balance there. Mm. And the sugar, as you were saying, with that, that um, corn syrup, it's, yeah. it's dynamite. You know? I, I always remember the first time I went to America years ago to stay with my brother and his wife. And you would open the fridge and the two kids. And the kids had a bit of weight. And it was kind of like everything in the fridge was low-fat, mm. dairy-free, sugar-free, <coughs> blah, blah, blah. Nothing was like in my house that I grew up in where it was a pound of butter. Mm. Mm. Everything had 15 labels on it. Yeah. But you looked around you and you could see the weight problem starting there. Mm. Yeah. And um, it's just everything was so fake. H highly processed food. Mm. Yeah. Like I, I was in America a couple of weeks ago. Um, I was teaching down in, in uh, Georgia, so south of Atlanta. And it was amazing the amount of people that had were carrying masses mm. of, of, of weight. And it's huge weight. And everything is big. The cars are big, the people are big, but the fridges are big. Um, but the, the, the problem is it's all processed food. Yeah. And you can, you, you, you know, you see it on the supermarkets. I went in, um, all the veg section, they spray wax on it to mm. make it lovely and shiny. They've certain lights on it mm. I know they they do a certain amount of that here but not as much mm. and all it was all packet processed stuff it's also terribly expensive because I live mm. there it's really really expensive to do grocery shopping mm. in America it's you know I used to be so shocked when I would come back home and I'd go to say Tesco and the price of my groceries versus over there so what they do it's not, I'm not saying they do this on purpose but the fact of the matter is it's cheaper to eat in restaurants mm. in America than okay. it is to actually buy food and cook it mm. But the problem with it is they also have lots of chains. You know, most of the restaurants in America, is part they're part of a chain. So it's not like you have a chef in a kitchen preparing stuff from scratch. It's all probably formulaic food. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And you can just see how unhealthy it all is. Yeah, and it's fine if, the, if there is this tax going to be introduced. <coughs> but the point, I think, is to make that money available for education and mm. educate the young people. Um, there is a, um, a chef's network that's set up a couple of years ago 
And we've been banging on about this for, for years, trying to get either chefs or some professional people in national schools and showing kids what proper food is, how proper food mm. tastes, and just creating awareness that of, of different, what food is, they, what real food when is. When my daughter was in primary school years ago, they started that in a bad way. And they had this thing called food dudes. Oh, and yeah. every single day, the kid would be given like vegetables and they had to eat them. And at the end of it, you got like a sparkly headband or a flashy pen or something like that. But it was awful. It was like, instead of just giving them an apple and a banana, it was, um, they'd give them things like chopped up turnip and white cabbage. Oh God. So what actually ha started to happen in my house was my daughter in desperation to get the flashy lighty headband. She would retch while trying to eat these vegetables, but I would promise her I would get her a packet of biscuits on the way home if you just go in. And <laughs> 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 it became the most counterproductive I hope they were team I have ever come across in my life. It's awful. I, I think it's still going. Oh my God, yeah, it's appalling. Yeah, it's, I've seen, talk I've about seen putting your kids they, off vegetables yeah, like green, for life. Bits of green pepper and stuff. I mean, that's I, it. You see that yourself. No, no, there's no place in the world for green pepper. Yeah. It's pepper that should not exist. <laughs> oh, it's I don't appalling. know if it's a link to the, another yeah. colour pepper or not, but it's green pepper is bleh, it should not exist but in the it, world. It, it, that's a classic example of, of um, a really good idea <coughs> gone disastrously Disasters. wrong because whoever organised this, and I'm sure they got government funding for it, they didn't consult the right people mm -hmm. and they didn't have like get proper chefs in there cooking or proper grandmothers even mm. it doesn't have to be chefs yeah. just go in and, and cook because there's a there's a generation in this country that that can't cook yeah um and you see it you see you, you know it's it's such a shame this is an absolute passion of mine because um i've always said it and you see it you know i've always said that it should be a subject in school how to cook. Yeah. Very simple food. It doesn't have to yeah. be cordon bleu. You don't have to be making souffles. It's just I'm how to show my age now. Is it not anymore? Because it was when I well, was. You, well, it's a choice and it shouldn't be. You it's know, in secondary schools it is. Mm. You, you can do home economics. I think it's still called that. Yeah. Is it? I, yeah, I'm it is. Sure. Yeah, it's home economics. Yeah. You have to, the parents have to buy the food and bring it in and mm. there's a whole kind of rigmarole. And it's a very small part of yeah. the subject also. Exactly. Mm. And they kind of do more kind of the health science behind it. Yes. Mm. Rather than actually standing there cooking. And it's stuff. not mandatory. It's a choice subject. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Whereas I think in primary schools, kids should be taught every get, day how to get tomatoes, there. toss them in a bit of pasta. Well, do you know what I mean? Very, very simple food. Because I think there is a mindset out there. I've said so many times to people, it is as easy to boil up tomatoes for a pasta sauce or, and basil and stuff like that as it is to go to a supermarket find the jar of processed hmm. the jar none the, of these things the, are drama to see cook. That, that's what my thing about this sugar tax is that okay but it's not teaching you that there's sugar in the pasta sauce that you buy it's not teaching you that the nice green healthy snacks are full of sugar it's not teaching you that the low-fat things are full of sugar it just seems to rely on the fact that we're all supposed to know that yeah mm -hmm. but it's focusing directly on sugary drinks and it's not maybe it's at, just a start i don't yeah, know but, but there's a lot of different foods like there's you know there's a lot of junk foods out there that not necessarily sugar is the problem in it there's trans fats and all sorts of different things and things you know additives mm -hmm. and whatever and they don't look at the whole thing really mm. it's just focusing in on one making one thing the yeah. bad guy you know maybe it's yeah. a good start though maybe as you say, we're talking about it and yeah. like Jamie Oliver whether you like him or not mm. 
has been so good at trying to create awareness of you know like even just saying to people simple things because not everybody's educated about food just saying things like the more ingredients that are on the back of something the less you should be eating yeah, it yeah. if you know what mm. I mean yeah. so I think he's been fantastic for that as well a, be- a better approach might be just to alleviate taxes on real food you know what I mean or on proper mm. home cooked food or whatever it is like so that your shopping bill in America isn't crazy you know, crazy yeah. compared mm. to going out and eating in, in yeah. a restaurant or whatever so rather than putting these really draconian taxes on yeah. junk foods and then you know, real parents food, have you know? no. We have we have fresh orange juice in a bottle in the fridge, so that's fine. So the kid goes to the fridge, opens up, knocks back a full glass of it. That's that's sugar that's too. Sugar, like yeah, it yeah, might yeah, be yeah. natural sugar. Yeah, and apple juice, for example, it has ver- has very seventy yeah. percent fructose as well. And fructose takes a different pathway through the body than apple juice. That's my favourite. I know, yeah, I know. It's but it, it's that was what was originally used before fructose syrup, because it's it's an odd like my take on things is that it's an autumnal food. So it's designed to make your body go into this frenzy of putting on a little bit of fat for the winter time. It's a, yeah. it's a stone age, you know, an ancient mm. thing that we have, a process that we have in our bodies. And apple juice is one of those things. And the thing about apples is if you eat apples whole with the skin, in the skin they have um, a substance called ursolic acid, I think it's pronounced. And that actually causes you to generate um, a different type of fat in your body called brown fat, which actually protects us from cold in the winter time, you know. And without that, if you're just drinking the juice part of it, it's creating the fuel for the the brown fat, but not the actual brown fat. Mm. So there's a few different factors in it. But like when anything that's processed, so pressed juice will be pro- will be processed mm. food because you're not eating the whole food. Then you're you're asking for trouble because we're extracting the taste from mm. nature, but not the goodness. If you know so you mean. wouldn't think that if you looked on that carton and you saw 100% pressed juice, you think yeah. I'm, mm. I'm I'm doing a good thing here. Yeah. But a very good thing that I saw before is whatever you eat should look as it should look as much like it's the way it started out. Yeah. And the more it doesn't look like the way it started out, the worse it is for you. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So juice looks nothing like an apple, so you shouldn't... That's a, that's a good point. You were saying, like, eating apples would be normally autumnal and autumn. Yeah. Um, we get them all year round. We get them all year round, yeah. So we don't know what's going on, but yeah. eating in season. In season, mm. exactly. That's the whole premise the, behind it. The food. So, uh, yeah, like, it's a simple, yeah. absolute... Con- I, I, I get it. Mm. So eat in season, and if you do that, the food is, you, you know, you're paying less for it. Mm. Also, the and the food, more nutrients in it, you know. And the food is local. It doesn't have to travel from yeah. mm. Chile or wherever yeah. the hell it's coming from. Yeah. Um, so that that's probably another way of looking at it, mm. you know. And also, the, the thing that I would hate about the, the, the people that are buying those sugary drinks tend to be the younger generation. They're kind of not price sensitive. No. Mm. The kids They're just, I want a bottle of Coke. Yeah. They don't think about the cost or where the money's come from. I really think it has to be paired back to parents for now until you start educating the kids from a young age up. Yeah, so there's people, there's people paying four quid now for <coughs> 450 for a bottle of protein milk or whatever mm. it is. You could get that at home you know, yes, very, very yeah. easily for half yeah. or a quarter that yeah. price. Four quid for a drink, like, you know what I mean? Because they don't care you, about you 20 cents on a bottle. Yeah. You used to be overweight, Kian, and then <coughs> you, you took up exercise and you did very well. You lost a load of weight, but what it did, your body didn't change until you changed how you ate. Yeah, I was training like a madman for for a couple of years, and I lost a bit of weight from the training. Eventually, what I came around to the thought process was that if you look at a squirrel in autumn time, those things are going nuts, <laughs> literally. <laughs> Legging it around. Like, oh. yeah, yeah. They're extremely active, but yet they're putting on weight. So exercise alone won't, won't ever cause you to get to the, the, the shape you, you, you're aiming for and I thought after four years of exercise I'd look like he-man I won a world championships in kettlebell sport 
and I still had this what I considered a dad bod, right? <laughs> a lot of people give out to me for saying that because it, it always in reason to shape that stage. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it wasn't until I, I actually had this kind of eureka moment where I just thought about the. I was looking at the trees in March and April, and there was no March and there was no um, apples on the trees. And I just thought to myself then, I was looking into insulin response of sugars and all these kind of things, the technical side, because I was trying to lose weight for kettlebell competition, you know. What I did then is I just started saying, right, I'm not going to eat autumnal foods, and especially autumnal combinations, which are carbs and fats at the same time. So like, if you think about apples and nuts, for example, or trail mixes and, mm-hmm. and things like that. And as soon as I did that then, the last bit of weight just fell off, right? And Nicola, my wife, we're actually 17 married, years married today. Congratulations. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We, um, she tried it as well and then she, the exact same thing happened to her so that's when I thought I had to you know, get the idea out there and really it's just down to if you look at squirrels are very active they don't lose weight in autumn time they put on weight in autumn time and they put on this layer, layer to allow them to survive the winter time and if you look at our world today we live in what I call the infinite autumn that everything is available at all mm-hmm. times and not only the natural foods but also then the refined versions of them. So we've extracted in a Frankensteinish kind of way all the good the tastes out of foods and left the good stuff in the bin, you know. Mm. And that's the real yeah. problem I think on. So, right. so the the diet, the diet that you go that you kind of or the foods you eat is it is it it's all it's in season basically. T- typically, I eat vegetation in season. He has a book called <coughs> "Don't Eat for Winter." Yeah, he was but, yeah. Yeah. Don't eat what? Don't eat for winter. Okay. For yeah. winter, yeah, yeah. 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 So this, the, the simple concept I have is that I don't eat autumnal combinations together. So carbs and fat, I, I, I save them as a treat. So cake would be a treat, or toast with butter, butter would be a treat. Yeah. You know things like that, and combinations and stuff like that. But the key thing really with it is is just to look at the carb side of the diet and make sure that you're not overeating from an energy point of view because if it's, it's very easy in our world to have toast for breakfast you know pasta for lunch bread blast. sandwiches blast, spuds. spuds in the evening past you know mm. pizzas the whole lot and if you look at that comedy and all our snacks in between and biscuits and crisps and all that kind of stuff every single food is autumnal you know so what I do is, is just say right I'm not going to have autumnal foods till maybe once a day or maybe twice a day and everything else then is more springtime or more whatever mm. so it's more of a daily basis thing but I would try to get vegetation in on a, a seasonal basis. So, so have you cut less. down on meat then? No, I haven't cut down on meat at all, no. <clears throat> I'd eat a lot of fish, I'd eat a lot of meat, I'd eat a lot of eggs, things do like that. Do you do a no. lot of exercise? Like if you weren't doing any exercise, not looking at anyone in particular, would you still have to have the autumnal foods? Um, if, if, if I wasn't at all, like is yeah. I go completely, you could, I mean a lot of people go with this keto diet they're talking about at the moment, which is getting quite popular and it's, Helping with a lot of medical things as well as uh, just losing weight, but that diet is completely carb devoid, and you know, and our body can switch into a mode called ketogenic mode, which means mm. our fat is tar- starting to be used for more mm-hmm. like, glucose. Burns the, burns the fat. Mm-hmm. But it's burning it more. Like normally, fat is burned aerobically. So when you're at rest or sleep and or whatever, you're burning fat. With the ketogenic diet, you actually start converting fat into ketones, which acts like glucose in your body. So you don't actually need the carbs, and I think that that's an, a natural state for human beings. Obviously, we wouldn't have survived. But babies are typically ketogenic because they can't get enough sugar from their food mm. for their brains and mm. for everything that they need. <clears throat> so if you look at our base requirement for, for sugar, a day at rest, a, per, a normal person at rest, 420 calories is all you need. This is kind of mm. for your brain and your nervous system. But your, your ne- nervous system and brain are complete sugar burners, glucose essentially. So you know, over the course of the day, it's 420 calories for that. And the body then typically will burn at 80% efficiency on fat, just aerobically. But when you go ketogenic, you go 100% fat. Mm-hmm. And that's why that diet is very, very popular. Because 
uh, things like meat and fat would satiate a person for a long period of mm. time. Is that not kind of an updated version of the Atkins diet? It is. Essentially, it is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know, essentially, it is. And that that diet came from treating epilepsy actually initially, yeah. but they really they thought, saw the effects it had on yeah. body fat mm. as well. So it is a natural state for human beings, but we never we never go into this. I call it a kind of a springtime state. Mm. We we always stay in a, an autumnal state. So I don't think it's any harm for people to switch into that mode. Mm. and switch back out of that mode and switch in and switch out but I think if you stayed ketogenic maybe for your whole life I don't know if it would have similar problems because we're designed to move into both different states. Yeah. Different states. Different states. Yeah. I'm an underactive thyroid, and um, I love the Patrick Holford. You know that guy. Um, he's mm. kind of um, a health guru, and he he talks a lot. He knows what he's talking about. He's not one of these crazy people that goes through a phase. And the one thing he always suggests with an underactive thyroid is you should really cut down on your carb intake because, and it makes sense to what you were saying is if your body's on low battery anyway, burning carbs is such an effort. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Mm. That your body burns other things much more easily. And um, I can see it. I mm. can see when I eat things like carbs, it slows yeah. me down yeah, so I'm, much. If I have a sandwich at lunchtime, I may as well just go to bed. I yeah. feel much better. It makes you feel like that. No, no. You know what I mean? But it that's probably your body telling you, hang on now. Yeah. You know, you so know that people don't listen to their bodies. Really. Yeah. I'm just going to say that. Is that so part yeah. of the problem that we don't listen to our bodies? What I find hilarious is my daughter is doing her leaving cert this year and she's a great eater. And she got glandular fever. And what I thought was so hilarious was to observe, and she was off her food for ages and she wouldn't have any weight on her anyway and she was fading away. And when she got better, she was craving the strangest things. Like, she'd eat everything, but she was particularly craving fruit. Mm. And she wouldn't Sugar. be a great fruit eater. <clears throat> but it was things like, can you go with apple, banana, orange juice? She hates freshly squeezed orange juice. She couldn't get enough of it into her. And then she started craving all this other stuff. And what I think is so funny now is she's completely addicted to to go against what we're talking about bottles of Fanta yeah. she keeps saying can you get me Fanta yeah. and she doesn't normally drink mm. fizzy sugary orangey drinks like that maybe her body is looking for sugar her body is telling her go yeah. it doesn't matter if it's Fanta go drink it yeah. um, and I just think it's so funny to observe these cravings she's getting but for sugar certain is things. such I'm a total sugar addict yeah. and mm. it's awful like mm. you yeah. get deep <coughs> in the grip of it and you're eating stuff that you're not even tasting, you're not even yeah. getting enjoyment out of it. And I try really hard like to have, you know, I was really good on the 85% chocolate and I was getting to like it and everything. All I need is one square of Cadbury's and I am set off. Yeah. yeah, it's just like, it's just like the floodgates are open. Yeah. Yeah. But it's instinct. It's awful. You know, yeah. People will, you can describe this with science, you can say, like there's a number of different hormones that are in, in effect in the body that are based on hunger. So all these things come into effect and people explain them science and kind of people glaze over them because you're talking science. But all it boils down to is instinct. We're programmed to react in different ways to foods at different times of the year. And so, like, if you look at what a squirrel has, a squirrel doesn't suddenly decide, I'm going to get, you know, put on weight for winter. It happens because the environment changes. And our, our environment now is never, it hasn't changed in about 50 years. Mm. And that's why things become chronic. We don't chronic. need to keep warm, for example, in <coughs> no. winter anymore. And yeah. actually, cold is a tr another trigger for this brown fat that's supposed to be created on our bodies every mm. year. But it doesn't happen uh, because we're, we're never exposed mm. to cold. We're actually much hardier creatures than we think we are, if you know what I mean. Otherwise, we wouldn't have survived mm. billions, millions of years, yeah. whatever it is. Yeah. But all these triggers are explained with science and you get all these little tidbits of information and it all kind of goes in and out. But at the end of the day, for me, it's instinct that's been triggered. And we're as instinctual as any other creature on the earth. 
it's just that we're living in this noisy environment now mm. where the seasons don't come into effect anymore mm. and we're in trouble do, you know do you think we eat too much as well like i think we eat way more than i do i always tell the story of if, if i'm cooking say a roast chicken dinner at home i own like i have three kids two two big grown-up boys and they would eat for ireland i would always have to roast two chickens for them and i remember growing up in a family of five and you'd, you'd one, one chicken one and chicken, my mother would yeah. have leftovers yeah. the next day yeah. she'd make a curry and I was saying maybe the chickens are bigger really have <laughs> you know what I mean yeah. Like, yeah. food went a such a longer way when I was growing up and, and, and I think we, people we are buying miserable little chickens out of the supermarket well, with no meat on them some of them are some terrible. of them are miserable yeah. well those, yeah. those are the ones you should avoid really yeah. 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 because they've been literally oh. I won't tell you yeah absolutely but I think we are people do tend to eat a lot more um the plate size or the plates yes. themselves without yeah. anything on mm. are bigger yeah so and i think it's an irish thing maybe um but you fill up your plate and you eat it yeah so these With plates are bigger so you yeah. yeah and spuds and and but you could you could fill the plate, but if you fill it with the right types of food, mm. like lots of veg, and try and get yeah. people mm. to eat more and more green veg, or um, particularly this time of year, because yeah. it's all it's all you know yeah. green Corning, stuff. Yeah. Um, in the winter, then you have the root vegetables mm. and stuff and that kind yeah. of thing. Um, but that like chicken, good chicken. If it's not there, if you didn't roast the second one, they just get used to it. And you can't oh, like you can't. Roast chicken, a proper roast chicken, is one of the nicest things you can eat. Yeah. Quality yeah. chicken. If yeah. you p- people again, this thing, TV dinner, sitting in front of a TV. Mm. There's no such thing. A lot of people don't sit around a table and talk and mm. eat at the same time. There's, I, I tell people this story. There's a mate of mine. Um, he, you'd invite him every so often to the house, but we'd literally be finished our dinner, and he still. He eats so slowly yeah. and he just literally tastes what food yeah. he has in his mouth. You know, he, he kind of mulls that over and like he's, it's hilarious to watch yeah. and then it's infuriating because you're trying to fuck Jesus Christ yeah. and eating yeah. everything and he's only starting to do yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> But that's interesting because the digestion process, process actually starts in your mouth, in your mouth with yeah. saliva, mm-hmm. especially for breaking down carbohydrates. Yeah. It's, 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 there's... Uh, enzymes in there that will break down start breaking down the food so if we're slugging off things like yeah. sugar and, and smoothies and all that kind of stuff it's not getting that part of the digestion into it you know and may, maybe yeah. like the, we, we're, I think we just eat, yeah, eat too fast eat fast, yeah. fast everything is on the go everything has to be quick mm. you know phones the whole, everything mm-hmm. life has just gone so fast yeah, yeah, yeah. That, there's a part of that in it as well yeah, it, yeah. it slowed a little bit yeah then, we eat so fast we don't um, know that we're you, full no you don't so we just keep well, eating you, th- this is true like you, you know you're full before your brain tells yeah. you you're full yeah. but it's another interesting thing if you say for example I'll give an example with trail mix right if you just had peanuts you know like the ones you get at Halloween time the mm. monkey nuts yeah. with um, no flavours on them right but you'd, if you ate <clears throat> a handful of those you'd probably get satiated pretty quickly from the, the or nuts. bored <laughs> yeah or bored yeah yeah but you put a few raisins in with it and now suddenly it's trail mix and it starts getting sweet and and and, and then you, now you can start eating more and more of them mm. put a bit of dark chocolate a bit of chocolate into it now yeah. or coat them in chocolate now you eat a whole bag of them like, do you know what i mean but so see, the, the, it's, food, the food companies know this yeah like cabinets yeah. the classic example uh, yeah, mm. who is not addicted to Cadbury's milk chocolate mm. yeah absolutely. <laughs> so you have to it's a brain thing right i can't you know, and I see in, in garages now they're selling the bigger bars for mm. 
almost the same price yeah. as the small ones. Mm. So it's it's that that kind of thing that that's, I think that's the stuff that should be targeted yeah, and absolutely. the placement of the products as well. Yeah, like, you know? yeah that's yeah. what I mean. You know? Like there was, yeah. this, there was so I just wondered why they started with that. Mm. It's a global um, thing. It's not like these decisions because by they're governments. following England. Yeah, it's not even England. They're following the whole planet. I mean, it's mm. these these decisions are made globally, and then each country then just has to roll into line about it. Unfortunately, mm. you know, it's processed food is my absolute bugbear in life, and I, I can't understand why you can't ban these awful products and just not make them available and teach people it's as easy to cook it as open a jar. Mm. That, that mm. jar of the pasta sauce you were talking about earlier. There's a well-known brand. <coughs> And even the brand itself, they tell you, well, don't eat too much of this. Yeah. You know, really? that's right. Yeah. And if you get that on your clothes, there's so yeah. much, you won't get it out. Yeah. The dye in it or yeah. whatever it's is. It's not natural it. dye, is and it? And like, no, it's yeah. not. It's not a natural thing at all. Sugar, salt, and fat, mm. certain types of fat. It's like, you know, it's like an addictive mm. drug almost. Yeah. Mm. And the, the, the food companies know exactly what percentages oh, yeah, absolutely. these are. And, and you just, you know, we don't, yeah. have, we don't stand a chance yeah. because these I can guys tell you that developed form, yeah. this in a lab, you know. Uh, it's very difficult because I know that things like, so for example, one thing that I've always hated as well is breakfast cereal. My kids yeah. never got breakfast cereal. Yeah. I just think, I oh, hate sugary things. Mm. I hate sugary foods. So... Uh, my teeth would melt if I ate Do your kids like sugary foods? Um, they do, but probably they're not... One of them is particularly bad. The other two would prefer their dinner. They, mm. they like yeah. food better. And if they like sugary things, like my daughter who has a sweet tooth, she likes things like a chocolate brownie. Mm. Like chocolatey kind of homemade, you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, because we, we never had salt butter. on the table when I was growing yeah. up. Like, and I never salt my food. Now, mm. I might salt an egg or something. Yeah. I salt yeah, it if like, it yeah. needs salt. Egg, but my friend dental. just starts salting it but without even tasting it. And I'm like, I, I, I find that heavy. I often watch people in restaurants. Yeah. Like the chef is, they should have tasted it. There's yeah. enough salt, but people just. They see it's automatic. Automatic. Again, I have a sister yeah. that does Mental that stuff. and when I grew up I grew up in a house where there was loads of salt we salted everything and I remember when I got married first my husband didn't eat salt on anything and so I ran out of salt and forgot to buy it because nobody was in my ear saying get salt and um, I stopped putting salt on my food now like you I cannot eat an egg without salt no. and I cannot eat a potato without salt on it and I, I think but it I was having salt tomato on salad anything. or something but my sister comes in I've cooked a curry for three hours which is as highly flavoured a thing as you're ever going to get mm. and she'll just but while she's talking to you without even tasting it she's covered I it it's the not tasting whatever about yeah. tasting and thinking this isn't salty enough for me but you don't know you've just yeah. started and in latter years I love it. sea salt you know sometimes just to yeah. sprinkle sea salt mm, on a bit of meat I love the use. taste yeah. of that's it. the one to use yeah, you only yeah. use salt yeah. sea salt but the other yeah. thing is just like mouth burn yeah, again, it's made in the lab. Yeah. You know? At least the stuff like Mulder and stuff is coming yeah. from the sea. Mm, yeah, I love it. I have to say, I've nearly gone back. Another thing, another thing they were talking about during the week was potentially weighing children in school because there's an obesity crisis amongst children <coughs> and it would be a way of monitoring the children's weight. So that, because the, the thinking behind this is that to you your child is perfect mm. so maybe you need an outside eye to say to your little child your child's a little tubster and you need to do something about it uh, that if somebody draws it to your attention in a nice way not in a, in a fat shaming way or anything but like you know you might just need to monitor that because it could get out of hand that's the thinking behind it what do we think about that? Not a ho- not, no it. not at all I, yeah. I think not weighing, at all. weighing kids in uh, primary school level mm. kids at that age they're developing social skills they're developing all sorts of stuff they're, they are 
particularly girls are, are more conscious now of that mm. age and all you're doing is adding to their fear by doing that mm. I, I, in my opinion I, I, you know yeah, I, I don't agree I don't with think it. I don't agree with it at all. I think, first of all, must be another way. don't tell me if your child's fat, you don't see it. You might be in denial about it, but those parents are going to be in denial about everything anyway. But my theory about that is, if you make it an issue, it becomes an issue. If you, So you, you weigh a child at eight years of age and he's he or she is slightly overweight and all the lads in school are laughing at them. That becomes a lifelong battle with food in my I always go back to years ago I had an operation and I was told when I came out because I was very weak you have to eat you know you have to build up your strength everything that I put in my mouth tasted like mashed cardboard I just forcing myself to eat and I'd lost tons and tons of weight and then I had a complication they said no you can only have soup I began to obsess about things that I would never eat I'd see my kids eat pizza and I don't even like it and I was like oh my god I want pizza <laughs> So what that taught me is make an issue of something and it becomes a huge issue. I don't think we should be drawing kids' attention to their size. I think we should be focusing on their eating habits. And all the rest, the size, the weight, everything will. Well, what about in secondary school then? Because I presume, I don't know now. I think I if you're in secondary, secondary school, school, your colleagues will tell you. If you're overweight in but school, do you, you need will to be, be told, told by your peers. I think, how can you possibly not know that you're overweight if you're overweight? Well, I think it, it's not up to, yes, if you're in school, people that you're in mm. school with, they, you, you'll, be, you'll get a nickname. Yeah, when you're in school. You know, yeah. so... Go back and show them now. But, but, but <laughs> that, that has a psychological effect on kids. I saw it in, in the school I went to, different, different people. Um, I teach in the college now, and there was a, an incident recently, and it was just, it was terrible to see. When there was a game going on and one of the students didn't wouldn't play because they thought that they were too overweight to play, mm-hmm. um, and they I saw it. They, they kind of coyed away and almost hid in a corner mm. and pretended that they were on their phone, mm-hmm. and the, the rest of the group was out kicking a football. So mm-hmm. reminding that kid that they're overweight yeah. is it's going to it's going to have a counterproductive effect because often people that are very overweight and are depressed about it and la 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 and are told about it, their first reaction is to eat more. Comfort eat, mm-hmm. so I just think it's educate people from a health point of view. Yeah. Isn't GIY great for that? And they got an initiative yeah. in schools now and in offices where you can yeah. grow things on the yeah. windowsill. And because I think an awful lot of kids don't know where the food comes from, an awful lot of adults don't know where the food comes from at this stage. They do a cookery camp, but I've sent my little girl to it twice, and she loves it because she's they're showing how to grow stuff, they're mm. showing how to cook stuff, and not as if you know at home I'm always mm. cooking, but. It's a different slant on, on yeah. things. Um, it's and, taking and, them to another level. But they're making it fun. Yeah. And I, I was, I'm impressed because I went out there the first time. I, I'm not joking, there's about 20 kids at this. And it's only small rooms, mm. twice the size of this. But they had three chefs there and they were all doing different things. Mm. Um, and it was really, really interesting. And I went back the next time with her and there was more people. So I think going back to the original point, education in schools and particularly... Um, school, you know, schools kind of in tough areas are, you know, mm. if that's the right political thing mm. to say. But um, I think that's that's where it has to start, mm. because people that are, you know, that that have good education, they kind of know mm. about it. But people that are kind of, you know, life is a bit harder for them. I think that's where 
the it effort should be the, made. Yeah, because if life is tough, you'll go for the easiest option. But yeah. remember, Jamie Oliver did that in his school. He brought in healthy dinners, and the parents turned up and were yeah. passing burger yeah. chips in because yeah. the kids wouldn't yeah. eat the healthy well, dinner. Well, yeah. you see, yeah. this the parents were interfering. I saw that program, and yeah. I was going bananas at it. If the parent, if there's no interference, and and there is a, a drive, and you get, and it doesn't have to be. You know, make the food interesting, make, mm-hmm. play with it a bit. I think it, it, that's that's the education, and it has to start somewhere. Are we are we better though than we were kind of in the seventies? I think As we in, know my, more. My mother was an absolutely fantastic cook, and uh, very simple: your roast dinners yeah. and your stews, all that kind of thing. Nothing exciting, but you know, she she cooked from scratch every day. And I remember kind of in the seventies, people started introducing things like. Vespa, whatever it was called, back of the, whatever, curry, <laughs> angel delight. My mother thought this was fabulous, and I always remember as a child. And and here's another thing about the psychology of food: we never got, you know, cake that came in a packet or whatever. My mother would always bake cakes. There was always cakes in the house, but they were always homemade. My thrill used to be when I went to like a friend's house and they had like gatto Swiss rolls. <laughs> that was like, oh my God, you're so lucky. <laughs> so it's often what you don't have access yeah. to is very exciting. But I know we're very bad with the process thing now, but we at least we know it's bad by and large. Whereas there was a time in the 70s when people thought this was great. They had no knowledge that this stuff is really, really bad. Yeah. Or am I naive? No, I think people did. Um, no, there wasn't as much education yeah. about it. But people in the 70s, particularly in this country, they cooked at home. Like yeah. my mum was the same. She'd cook mm. and she still does. Angel Delight, was it? That, mm-hmm. that I used to love it, but she'd never buy it. Yeah. No, my mother was the same. And, and she'd just make whatever, you and know, she'd make dinners at home and yeah. that was it. Like, that's it would, what she had. It would also be a cost thing, because I remember my mum talking about she would make home, you know, we get chips on a Friday and she would, you know, peel the potatoes and la, 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 la. She used to always give out about the fact that if you bought a bag of chips and it was like a pound or two pounds for a bag of chips she was saying for a bag of potatoes I fed you all with so it was kind of a it was kind of a financial thing as well like my mother couldn't understand why I can bake a cake with a bit of flour and eggs and you just pay 350 for that cake in the shop it's ridiculous to the chipper you got a little piece of paper with some chips on it you didn't mm. get a single for yourself you could just got a share of yeah. maybe one single was yeah. divided between the yeah. two there was yeah. two of us in my family like you didn't get a burger and chips yeah. of your own when you were a child and yeah. the sugary no. drink on the side and the sugary yeah. drink yeah. on no, the side no no, yeah. yes. no, no you didn't mm-hmm. <laughs> but that's an interesting point you know it was that thought process about money yeah. and I think people of that generation, they were more frugal. They didn't, yes. you know, their money. There was no waste. No, there was no, mm. and they used everything. Mm. We live in a, a disposable mm. society. Everything yeah. is thrown away. Yeah. There's nothing really, if it looks off, it's thrown out. Yeah. Mm. yeah. And the thing you as well is, the kids back then, I, I cycled to school, I walked, you know, people walked to school, mm. and it, like now they're getting lifts everywhere, mm. and PlayStation, they're not going out playing as much soccer on the streets yeah. and things like that. So that's a factor as well. It's not the factor, I mean, obviously it's the diet mm. as well but um, we're just living in a world where it's it's everything is going against us you know and the problem is, is for people there's no easy route out of it a lot of people want to be fit and healthy and they don't want to be skinny malinxes or whatever and it's just it's so hard to escape and I didn't I didn't actually know how to escape myself I was 35 and I was 8 and a half stone and pains in my chest and pains are like the worst thing for me was actually tying my shoelaces that was the one thing that got me is you'd be bending down to get tie your shoelaces and you'd feel like you're your head's going to pop off like with the pressure do you know what I mean mm. and there's all the visceral fat inside the body so it was unhealthy you know it was a totally unhealthy thing and I didn't know how to 
escape from that. And I think that's where the education comes into it. It's the little things, as I say, the smoking ban. You know, once they said that you can't smoke inside a building, psychologically, people turned away from cigarettes, if you know what I mean. It, it did. It, it was only a small step. It became but a, a, too an much anti-social like hard work, thing. Yeah. Which I think is, yeah. you know, the, if we want to make change, you just, you have to be dedicated and you have to want it. Mm. You can think about it and you can read about yeah. it and you can know everything about it, but you have to actually mm. do it to yeah. get a result. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you a funny one. I, I, I actually, if you look at the difference between advertising on for f- unhealthy foods to healthy stuff, mm. I can't actually, well, I was, blocked from advertising my book cover on Facebook uh, because there's abs on the front cover of it, you know? So, and the reason that I'm given for being blocked is because it might hurt someone. Basically, it, it might fat shame, if you know, oh, that's, where, that's where it comes sake. from. So, See, but, that's part of the problem. Yeah, that's, well. that, that's, no that's, one's calling yeah, people a major part of it. So I can't, you can't put a picture of a transformation of somebody going from mm. one way to another because they're saying that that way they yeah. were before wasn't good. And that's going to hurt people's feelings, you know what I mean? My, my so. most hilarious thing was when I was in America, there was this huge incident where um, this guy got in real trouble. He was a waiter in a restaurant. Now, it was awful what he did. But when he presented the check at the table, he'd written on the bottom of it, fat chicks. And, you know, as a way of distinguishing this is their thing. And Jeez. normally you'd pay the thing and you'd, and it was awful and he shouldn't have done it, but he was fired from his job. And it became a big media story. Mm. And these girls ended up on Oprah. And they were ginormous. <laughs> and um, what he did was wrong. But what I thought was so hilarious was it was a big how awful people were and people have no feelings nowadays and how cruel and glad he was fired and he'd apologised profusely and he was never going to work at any town again. Not one person mentioned the fact that they were all grossly overweight. Mm. Not one person. Mm. It was like the elephant, literally, Political in the room. Yeah. Yeah. It's gone bananas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Political that's, that's that's I, mean, I think that's really damaging as well. Did you not yeah. know you were that bad? Yeah. And it was like, he shouldn't have written it, but what I thought was the skirting around the issue is what has the world the way yeah. it is. Yeah, yeah. Just not being yeah. able to say to but somebody... P- picking on that guy who made an off-the-cuff little yeah. thing and... Like this guys out there who have destroyed lives in governments and you yeah. know in big organisations yeah. and things like that, yeah. and nothing happens to them. Yeah, right, you know? look what's yeah. going on at you know? the moment. You know. Yeah, we have our 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 moral compasses all over the place. Yeah, at the moment, and that, that's why, like, I have no problem using the word fat because this is we've all gone ridiculous now. We're curvy girls with this that, yeah. and the other. No, I'm yeah. fat. Like, we might as well call it for what yeah. it is. They were, were. Are you not a fat yeah. chick? Yeah, you were. So what's the I problem? Should I shouldn't so have written funny. it. But yeah. does that alter the fact yeah. of what I wrote? Nobody actually mentioned the fact that they were all... And yeah. they were huge. Yeah, but like if you can't advertise a muscular body... That's now, ridiculous. Now, you know, for fear what, of why causing offence. For fear of causing offence, why don't you allow to advertise a big quadruple burger with cheese all over yes. it and a big Coke next to it? Yeah. Now, why is that allowed? Yeah. And because there's huge financial yeah, gain to be made exactly. and that's yeah. it's all about that's yeah. underlying all this is that the governments are propped up by these food companies yeah. mm-hmm. that's and, what and I was starting to say about the breakfast cereal it's Kellogg's is such a hugely powerful and Nestle and those companies mm-hmm. so in places like America there is no way they will start campaigns so everybody knows the breakfast cereal is you might as well feed your kids poison yeah. as far as I'm concerned um, why can't they just have an egg you yeah, know what I mean, exactly. and yeah, um, the the there is no way that the government will ever clamp down on things like cereal because the amount of money they make from companies like Kellogg's and Nestle is ridiculous. Mm. And you're, you're they're all trillions. in their pockets. Mm. Yeah. If you Google the sugar scandal, you'll see they were they were yeah. caught. Like, not, I'm not saying any particular mm. company, but the sugar industry uh, in inverted commas was caught uh, influencing two Harvard 
scientists in the 60s yeah. and 70s and uh, they, they are responsible you were saying it earlier they are responsible for the low fat era that we live in today because they blamed saturated fat the fat in butter and good, meat good and, good fat you know. but butter mm. it's a natural product yeah. we make the best butter in the world mm. we feed the cattle right on grass again a natural food for, for the cattle and suddenly butter was bad for you now butter is good for you. These companies think they were fools. Mm. They're banking on the fact that we're fools. But, but no, I'm, I'm not, not to be disrespectful, but people are fools because yeah. I have friends and they're saying, well, I'll get the low fat for, and I, I have a big thing about low fat anything. You know, I would have always at home had real butter and mm. I don't like any of those spreads. And um, But the amount of people I know that are still oblivious to the fact that that spread that they tell you is you know, anti-cholesterol or whatever. It may well be, but, you know, it's processed. It's, it doesn't even taste nice. And, uh, but it is amazing how people still don't get the that low-fat thing. Margarine is the worst for me altogether. I mean, I never even, didn't even take, I mean, what I made a cake of margarine yeah. or something like that. It was disgusting, you know? Yeah. Um, like, again, at home, when we were kids, it was, all, it was butter, always butter. Yeah. But I remember a couple of times we'd run out and whatever stork was used, my mother kind of, but, you know, pretend mm. and we get this thing on bread and toast you just couldn't eat it no, no. it's silly things like that but that's a good you know yeah. indication of, mm. of how mm. stupid we have been we've been yeah. literally you know bowing down to these food companies yeah. for, for generations mm. Mm. but we th- I think we've forgotten about ourselves and our taste buds like I think an awful lot of our taste buds are just they're just dead they're yeah. dormant because yeah. we don't like they don't know what's going to hit them at any stage and mm. if, if it's yeah, totally any kind of process our, our yeah. evolution if you know what I mean it's just yeah. what, what we have these is like the, the flavourings everything and it's they're all like the one thing I've, I've seen is you know this taste um, if you look at a sugary drink they have sweeteners and sugars yeah. and they have all sorts of things in it and basically it causes a profile of sweetness that go, lasts longer than a natural mm. sugar. Mm. So they're designing the lab to make you go, oh my God, this tastes great. You know, nearly but, go out but, and have more. I taste them, I yeah. hate them. You know, yeah. if I have a you know jar of pasta sauce, if I taste that, I get it yeah. from it. I can't bear the taste of it. I can taste the yeah. horrible stuff. But I think you have to wean yourself off of the process before you get to the stage you're Maybe. at because yeah. you don't mm. eat them to kind of reawaken your taste buds. Yeah. and make So you the, think, the alternative oh then is, do you go for something with artificial sweeteners in it? And we don't know the effects those are going to have either. So yeah. I would recommend... Mm. See, I drink a lot of tea and I take water. artificial <laughs> sweeteners in it because if I took sugar, I drink so much tea, I'd, I'd have an awful lot of sugar. So I'd... <laughs> I'm but yeah. even even, even, even the water, <laughs> there's no sugar in this. But you can buy flavored water now. Yeah, yeah. Well, it looks like water, but it's full of sugar. Mm. Yeah, I mean it's it's yeah. You know it's banana. It's it is crazy stuff. Like yeah, you know. It's, I don't know. Will we ever get it right? Well, I think the whole thing is it. It comes back to education and just mm. try to um, even educate ourselves. And it does take a bit of effort to cook at home. Mm. Yeah, it does, and we just have to. That's the way it is. Just do it. And but there are go-tos that are quick, aren't they? Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. you don't have to, it doesn't have yeah. to be Jamie Oliver. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, exactly. But even four or five different things. Um, and if you take turns or if you're, mm. you know, there's 10 different dishes. Mm. Knock them mm. around, change them around a bit. Also, if you buy meat in a supermarket, which I do, if I'm in a hurry, I, that's fine. Mm. But I try to go to my local great butcher in Tremor. But what I think is so funny is if I buy 
chicken fillets in the supermarket they're out of date like a week later mm. when I buy meat from my butcher it's you have to eat it within two or three days it's kind of a chemical environment that they're packaged in and that's mm. what keeps them they're packaged with all this stuff yeah. in the air the my dad stuff. my dad was he was a butcher at a butcher mm. shop the chickens were in the, there, yeah. was, there was no wrapping yeah. there was you know yeah. he'd take the giblets out if you wanted them to now there wouldn't be any heads or feet on them because he would have done that out the back yeah. but mm. they were that's how they came they were, yeah. it was a chicken you knew yeah. it was a chicken it wasn't wrapped in plastic yeah. you didn't have to look under the labelling to see can I, is there any meat yeah. on this breast at all like you know or am I yeah. wasting my time even buying but it, it but if we don't if we don't look after the butchers as in go to yeah. support them and buy our meat and if we don't go to the fishmongers yeah. and support them and buy our fish there the gone. same is going to happen to what happens the, the greengrocers do you yeah. remember when we were growing yeah. up there was yeah. all greengrocers yeah. they're gone yeah. none of them there, there's very I think there's maybe probably one independent greengrocer mm. left in, in Waterford City yeah. that's an absolute crying shame Back Chat with Maria McCann You've been listening to Libby Shanahan, Chef Michael Quinn and author of Don't Eat for Winter, Kian Foley. Please subscribe to Backchat with Maria McCann wherever you get your podcasts and check out Backchat Bite Size if you like your podcasts short and snappy. Right now, there are great deals to escape to Europe in spring and summer on direct flights to Ireland with Aer Lingus. Stay put in cool contemporary capital Dublin or head off to any of 20 amazing European cities you've always wanted to visit. Classical chic Rome, Paris, the home of romance, or London, the cutting edge of culture. Deals are for a limited time only, so hurry and book today. Smart says escape to Europe this spring and summer. Smart flies Aer Lingus. Book now at aerlingus.com. Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey Jamie, it's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, this is pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.